0: Welcome to the Twimmel AI Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Charrington. All right, everyone. I am here at NYU Future Labs speaking with some of the AI Nexus startups and I am with Cool Singh right now, founder and CEO of Second Mind. Cool, welcome to this week in Machine Learning and AI. Thank you. Thank you for your time. So, Cool, why don't we get started by having you tell me a little bit about your background? Sure. So, I think it's worth touching on this. I came to New York actually as a as a
1: derivatives trader, and so I was doing what was considered now what's considered AI back then. You know, we were okay. doing you know, I mean. AI is effectively expected value. And we were doing very intensive Monte Carlo simulations and, and, and doing from mortgage derivatives and other structured type products. Okay. So that was where I, I started. And then I took a, you know, doing that and building the, the systems. That, I was on the trading side, but building the systems on that, I got an interest in technology. And I started two companies that were in the low latency side of things. Okay. So built two technology companies. And basically one company is actually still operational with but the product still being adopted across many enterprises, Fortune 100 companies, and okay. I have two patents in, in terms of low latency systems. And then I actually started a lab with a team in Ukraine and East, in Eastern Europe that was focused on NLP and AI, okay. sort of built a, you know, back in, it, it, it's early in terms of now, but even, I mean, they've been doing it for a while, but built like early chatbots around travel and some other things. So I've been doing this for a while. And then I, I sort of had an interest and an idea around this particular company, Second Mind. Okay. And so what does Second Mind do? So basically, we're looking to solve the, the time that you're spending on search. And basically, we sort of accept the fact that we have to find information. And, and, and you know, we do have search engines now. and We accept it. that's great. But the, the fact is, we're now spending about two and a half hours out of our day, on average, searching for information. That's 30%. Okay. If I told you you're stuck in traffic for two and a half hours a day, you're like, okay, I have to fix my flight. Yeah. But this is what we're doing. This is in 2016, The type of data. So it's,
0: it's not like this is getting worse, the problem. I mean, just as you say that, like I reject that notion, but it sounds about right.
1: Yeah. I mean, but you, you have to think of it. It can be as simple as saying, are you available for lunch next week?
0: You're searching for your calendar. Sure. Where
1: should we go for, for lunch? You're searching for restaurants or whatever it may be. You know, it could be for information, like from your CRM or for it could be if uh, if you're in in the trading world for market data and so forth. So you're constantly looking for information. And the fact is, we also don't know what we don't know. So that problem takes time. So that whole situation creates this situation where we're constantly looking and searching for data. People are, you know, overwhelmed in that thing. I mean, and we've heard this information overload, but this is actually a slightly different thing where, yes, we have so much data in so many different places. And sort of manage it and so forth, we have search engines, but that's still not working. So what we're looking to do is say, hey, can we solve that problem specific to conversations? Okay. Because the fact is, the, the, the impetus for many of our searches are driven by a conversation, just as I gave examples for. So clients are saying, can you have that, that information? And the fact is, when you're on a call or in an in-person conversation like we are now, and someone asks for that, you're either having to multitask, which is obviously stressful, or you're saying, I have to get back to you later on that. And what's worse when you have a client's here to say I have to get back to you someone else is going to close that business. So from a business standpoint, this is a very costly problem because they're spending, you know, not only the money to employees, it, it, it could, works out to about, from an $80,000 average side, about $14,000 annually mm-hmm. that's just gone and wasted. And on top of that, you're losing two hours a day of searching. Exactly that time, and then you're also losing the opportunity cost in terms of the revenue of not closing the clients when you have that information, yeah. right? So that's the problem we're looking to solve. And so what we basically have developed is you can think of this matching engine. I'm sort of using a, a Wall Street prerogative here, but basically think of like a because it, what a, an exchange would do for stocks, matching buyers and sellers. What we're doing is we're identifying events in a conversation. And mapping it to any data, whether it's internal or external, hmm. and pushing it to people in real time. And so that can be information from your CRM, from your market data, from say a Bloomberg or, or Reuters. It can be from your email or, or files. So if someone says, "Hey, you, you know, did you get that file I sent you," it shows up right away. You know, it's, you don't have to sit there and fidget. Just the typing part takes time. Right. So that's sort of the thing, and the way you can think of the product, it's sort of like you can think of like a Slack for conversations, where the glue provide all those applications that people, developers and companies can tie in, and it's a feed as you're speaking.
0: Mm. And you're using conversation and speaking as the way you describe these interactions, but then you reference Slack. Is it primarily for textual communications, or are we literally talking about speaking?
1: Yeah, so our focus is around voice conversation. That's sort of where our core IP is. Sorry, and we we can do regular conversation, I mean, text and chat type conversations as well where we see the real opportunity and the unique differentiations around voice conversations.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I think of the, you know, the way we've envisioned some of these interactions, like from a sci-fi perspective and kind of this notion of the augmented human, right? Like, it's like you, you want something that's kind of passively listening to all these interactions that you are having and then just making you smarter by popping that email up or, oh, you just mentioned lunch. You know, here are three places that you know, fit the profile of the kind of place you like to go to without having to pull out the phone and the keyboard and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. I mean, that's sort of the
1: big vision we have. It's around the AR side and sort of where people can be effectively Jarvis and Iron Man, where you can show that. And so, I mean, that's not that far fetched from our standpoint because it's just a screen. From our standpoint, we can display that information on any screen. And basically, it's just what we're providing is a low latency matching system to provide that data and any screen, so that it can be on your phone, your mobile phone. It could be on a desktop. If we can connect with an enterprise VoIP, it can be a video calls, or it can be an AR.
0: Okay. And so, does do you end up taking a position on kind of the pervasive listening aspect of that, or that's a great question. So, one of the unique
1: IP aspects of our product is that we don't need to record conversations. Optionally, we can. So a lot of the companies that sort of are in the voice type space are recording data. What we've really and again goes back to sort of my background was sort of like inline streaming of this data, throw it a processes and throw it away effectively. Our core data that we're capturing is the metadata of the mapping engine of the maps. That's where we're really focused on. So we basically are looking to process inline. Everything's in memory. We're not you know that's sort of so. You know, where a lot of the companies are saying, hey, we're building out this unique part of the, of the components and so forth, where our unique things that we're doing is focused on the, the real time low latency on the front end, not on the training side so much, but on the yeah. front end where very few companies. So basically, we have like, you can think of it like, again, the best way to think of it is like a high frequency trading system or, or like what you would see on Wall Street, where you're, you're, you're processing trades very, very fast. And so we're looking at caching that data very fast and processing and mapping it very fast to that conversation. So that's really where the, where the unique sauce comes in. And so we don't need to record the conversation story. We're analyzing it, capturing the events, and we will store the events. So that could be like data that could be saved in a CRM or so forth, or summary, but it's not necessarily the actual conversation.
0: Okay. So I get that you're not required to record the data, in order to do the things that you're trying to do, but a lot of companies, you know, aren't recording data because they need to to deliver their service. They're recording their data because they use it to train and yeah. make their algorithms smarter. Right. So you know, kind of flipping it on the other side, you know, if you're taking a hard position that says we're not going to record any data, do you miss an opportunity to produce better a better product that way? So it's it's not.
1: Just so to make it clear, there's the recording of the audio which we're not. Focused on it's where we are focused on is we are we are storing the metadata, which is the mapping piece yep. so that we are maintaining sure. and that we do need to know. So basically, from that standpoint, we can then see where our engine is, is getting false negatives, false positive positives and so forth. So we're seeing and we can see where we are mapping you know, the, the right data or the wrong data, so forth. So that's for us. I mean, that's why I keep, you know, using this analogy of we're a real time mapping engine or, or okay. matching engine. Let's use the analogy, if you, if you go to whatever you might use for an online trading system and you go, I want to buy Apple and, it, and it, it gets you Google, you're not going to be happy with it, right? right. <laughs> so, so that's what we're looking to ensure we don't do that. Okay. But it's different than recording someone's conversations, storing those conversations where a lot of companies are focusing on analytics and storing that right. uh, conversation, which then becomes, a, it's actually there's a legal aspect to it. Right. You have to tell people this conversation is being recorded and monitored. That's just—it's a, a law across most states. Because we are not recording or monitoring those conversations, it's just being analyzed in—you know—in line and, and thrown away. Effectively, we don't need to even say that from
0: that standpoint. Mm-hmm. You take in the voice, yeah. and then you—are you converting that to text? And then your metadata is based on a a text transcription of what the person said?
1: No, so then we're identifying keywords or key phrases. And then when we were building... So basically, our chief scientist had written some papers on this. He was most recently a professor at the Institute of Budapest, where he wrote some papers around the concept of attribute variable matrices and, and doing it in real time. So basically, the idea would be in a conversation... It's not always a linear process of, of finding and, and achieving it when an event is achieved. So when I say an event means when an event is triggered. Okay. Right. So if you think about it, if I say, if I go to, to buy a, a train ticket yeah. and I say, okay, I want to buy a train ticket. Okay. I can't buy the ticket yet. The person asks me, where are you going right. and what date, what time? Now I can start maybe buy the train tickets. That triggers now finally gets to meet how many people and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. So in the same way, we are doing the same thing where we basically set up this matrices which says, okay, let's identify from the text, we can start filling out that matrices and is there an event triggered? If Once that event gets triggered, it could be one keyword, it could be a a bunch of keywords that we need to hear. So for example, it could be on on a trading floor, it could be how many shares traded. That You can't, Maybe trigger there, but if we said if someone said, "What do you think of IBM?" and then said, "How many shares traded?" Well, now we know for IBM, right? Or if someone says, "How many shares of IBM traded?" We can then find that. So in that vein, we are we don't need to record the audio or save the text. We just need to capture the fact that someone knows wants to know how many shares and what stock, and we can capture it in any order. And then when it's triggered, we map it to the data that we know where to find it.
0: Hmm. So I guess the, the personal assistant type of use case that we discussed is kind of a, a clear one. Are there other use cases or what's, your, what's the initial target customer and use case that you're going after for this?
1: So broadly, as I said before, there is that knowledge worker in general that would, would use that. We're seeing interest from the financial services vertical, financial advisors, traders, where there's a need for having that information salespeople having to you know, get information, close that sale, and having that data, you know, managing that information and so forth, obviously. But any market, I mean, if you think about a real estate agent, someone's calling up, but they can't manage all the properties in the MLS listings, right? So if someone says, you know, what, what properties are available in, in the West Village here in, in New York, they're not going to know. So if we could you know, push in, you know, intelligently what those properties are based on some criteria that person says, you can now deliver that information intelligently. One area we're seeing, we're sort of working with a data provider and exploring is around attorneys. They're on on the phone all the time, they're in conversation all the time, and they're constantly trying to get information on precedents and and other legal facts that require so much search and data. So the more we can push that to the person as they're having the conversation, well, now you don't have to have that asynchronous process of, let me get back to you and let's set up another call. I mean, think about the time it takes to set up that other call, get on the call, that process of you know a few minutes of talking of okay, chat, 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 okay, now let's get to it. Then oh, I don't know that answer. Let me okay, write that down, get back to you, and that constant process. We are trying to streamline that where you can now take maybe two, three, four calls and you can make it into one, maybe you know, maybe two. But you're basically now significantly reducing the amount of time that people need to be on those calls and searching. And you're you're basically making people, you know, much more efficient, productive, and as you sort of said, hopefully, you know, a little a dream of being super intelligent or smarter than, than otherwise.
0: So we've talked a little bit about the front end of this process. How are you handling the kind of knowledge retrieval aspect of it on the back end? It strikes me that there are a number of interesting challenges there yeah. that you'd have to overcome. Yeah.
1: So the first thing we're doing is. In terms of our, our core product, we are offering it to, you know, we're initially focused on enterprises and we're offering that as a virtual machine. And we offer, again, this goes back to some of the IP and technology I had built in, in a previous companies, which is sort of like a very much of a publish subscribe real-time architecture. So that's just, I'm sort of, you know, one of the things I've always loved about building companies is you sort of, you find the, the sort of the gap between two, Areas and you sort of focus on there because if you yeah. focus on on just uh, machine learning and so forth, you obviously have very big players that have right. a lot of expertise. And if you focus on say publish subscribe in real time, where well, you have TIPCO and you know, IBM that are very big players in there, but if you get in the gaps, you can sort of build a very exciting company. That's sort of in the wedge, so we're, we're building sort of like a wedge company that's in between those markets, which is saying, hey, we're building a publish subscribe event based technology. that's using machine learning and a lot of the capabilities around there, and. What we're doing there is to, we're leveraging a, what we call like a, a, a high-performance caching engine where companies can open data sockets from any database or, or technology system to our product. And we basically have both an in-memory cache as well as a, a cache that could sit in, in storage, basically that based companies would be able to access data in real time and we'd be able to show it in the feed. So it, it's not a major integration Process and basically it was just opening up a data socket to our caching engine, and then we would pull that. And a lot of that, a lot of this between the speech recognition, the NLP, and the cache are all running in memory.
0: Hmm. So on on this backend side of things, what are some of the data sources that you envision your early customers connecting to? Is there like you know a top three lists of you know their email servers or something else, yeah. or do you expect it to be? More specialized, maybe proprietary systems or databases. Yeah,
1: great question. I mean, what we've done for building the in- initial prototypes, we did you know the Dropbox, Google Drive, Gmail, Yahoo Finance. to should be able to show that. So now, right now, you can have a conversation on our product, and it, it, you, know, you ask for the price of Amazon, it shows up. You ask for an email on, on X, it shows up. We're also working on exchange integration. And so what we're doing is there's certain integrations where they're more broad across many enterprises and doing a very tight custom integration where we can find information very fast. So exchange integration gives us both enterprise emails as well as the calendar information. I mean, that's awesome. So going just say hey, yep. when I gave you the example, when are you available? Boom, who was on that call? You know Who's going to be on that call? You can bring in all that information and show that person. You don't have to sit there and fidget with your email, your calendars, whatever so a lot of enterprises now are using things like Box and Dropbox. So that would be a, a more general type of integration that we would offer. Where we see, for example, for financial services, we're talking, you know, a conversation would be with Reuters and market data. My Bloomberg sources there. Same thing with legal, like you know, Reuters or Lexus and Xus are, are major players. Salesforce would be an integration on the sales side. So, you know, MLS would be an integration for real estate. That's sort of the, the integrations are really not the focus. Really, it, it gets to being, make sure the, Get the language corpus for each one, so you're not you know, you're you're getting good matches to that
0: data. Mm-hmm. And how have you tackled that challenge?
1: So initially, like I
0: said, we're focused
1: on initially a, a couple verticals. We're not we're not looking to target the entire marketplace, and we have customer interest in both sides. We're actually in the very close to releasing a enterprise version of the product here within a couple of weeks. So excited okay. about that, and then we have you know, these are fortune. 50 type companies that are, that are going to be demoing the product to and go from there effectively. And then in terms of, you know, the goal is to, to expand the capabilities to a little, you know, a little more of the cognitive side of things where we can, you know, this is sort of why we joined the, the NYU program. And so we can work closely with some of the professors and doing some of the things around building out our API. So can, we can do a little more, not have to be so limited to building out each vertical, but you can do provide a more of a broader solution for multiple type of verticals.
0: Okay, cool. So, what's next for the company?
1: So you know, as I said, you know, we're excited about releasing this product here yeah. and, and getting these these customers teed up. It's one of these things where it's fun to show the product because it's 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 like it's sort of magical. It's also you you want to move faster, but you have to obviously go sort of a certain course to sort of yeah. you know achieve those results and. Right. Basically, we're just, it's first completing this next, what we call the beta of the enterprise version, get these customers using the product and and using it and then scale from there.
0: Great. I really appreciate you spending some time with me. It sounds like you guys are doing really interesting things and I'm looking forward to keeping up with you as the company evolves. Thank you. I appreciate the time as well. Thank you. All right, everyone, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening and for your continued feedback and support. For more information on cool, second mind, or any of the topics covered in this episode, head on over to twimlai.com slash talk slash sixty-five. To follow along with the NYU Future Labs AI Summit series, which will be piping to your favorite podcatcher all week, visit twimlai.com slash lab Two. Of course, you can send along your feedback or questions via Twitter to at AI or at Sam Charrington or leave a comment right on the show notes page. Thanks again to NYU Future Lab for their sponsorship of the show. For more information on the AI Nexus Lab program, visit futurelabs.nyc. And of course, thanks again for listening and catch you next time.